Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Coming up a little bit later on, they're back after an awful long time. Yes, Women With Opinions, Kira Burke, Betty Clark and Carmel McCarthy joining me after two o'clock this afternoon. We have our TV theme competition for you, comedy, sport and more besides. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show. Well, the die has been... Uh, the dice has rolled, the die has been cast, whatever way you like to say it. The Leaving Cert results are out since 10am this morning and students right around the country, including those here in the North East, digesting the results. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by somebody who we go to on these uh, occasions. He is the principal of St. Oliver's Community College, John Halpin. Hello again. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? How are things? I'm really good. Well, what's the feeling at uh, St. Oliver's today? Uh, you have a, a handle, I'm sure, on how your students have performed. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, Jerry. Uh, absolutely delighted. It's always uh, it's more a sense of relief than, I, than anything else that, uh, that students get the, the results that they should have got and, and they've absolutely, absolutely uh, exceeded our expectations yet again this year. It's, uh, the results are, are sensationally good. Um, and uh, we're absolutely delighted for our students. Uh, um, as, as a principal of the school, I want to wish all students well um, on this day. Uh, and uh, that I hope they get uh, the, the, the opportunity to do what they want to do next. Of course, and we concur with those sentiments. Do they gather any more with the online thing now? Is it, uh, is it finished, that type of, you know, that, and that the school buzzing? Yeah, it, it, it's certainly different, all right, Jerry. Um, uh, we weren't quite sure what was going to happen this morning, whether we were going to get searched at all or not, and uh, when they didn't, uh, when I checked in the post this morning and saw the search weren't there, uh, we contacted parents just to make sure to, to log on online. Uh, but it did take away uh, from from students gathering. Some did uh, come up just to, uh, to meet us and uh, and uh, get the results while they were there. Uh, uh, on the phones, mostly, in, in this day and age, that's where things happen. Uh, so it, it's, it's certainly a change. Uh, sort of, it's a change atmosphere that uh, you certainly don't have the, 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 the gathered excitement that you once had. But uh, our students will certainly find uh, 
uh, a way to celebrate. I have mm. no doubt about that. Yeah, and I'll come back to that in a moment. Do you mind me asking you what was yeah. your best result in the school? Uh, our best result uh, was was uh, a student who got uh, five H ones and two H twos, um, mm. and had, uh, we we did expect that she, that that the student would would succeed in that sort of that sort of manner, and uh, absolutely designed for for. for for her and, and the other the other batch of students as well who did really well and um, mm. we're, we're very proud of them all That's a hell of a haul of points it really is and it takes some it as you know it takes some effort and dedication and time and uh, skill and knowledge and uh, you name it to, to achieve that and congratulations to that person but to everybody uh, yet again Now look I suppose in a general sense while, yeah. while you're with us uh, yeah. people are calculating now and the CAO is next Thursday the 8th yeah. uh, that is the next milestone for every everybody concerned if you're not happy with your results what do you say to somebody who today feels ah oh, no yeah well certainly the first thing to do Jerry is, is to uh, uh, check online you'll be able to check from, from next Tuesday online uh, the, 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 the results that are awarded and where they were awarded um, students have access to, to the marking process uh, and they've also access then to immediately to an appeal process which, which is, is really speeded up this year the State Exams Commission this year have gone to online marking, which has, uh, uh, will, will speed up all parts of the process. Uh, uh, it means that scripts don't have to transfer from from uh, the State Exams to, to examiners and back. Mm. Uh, so that, that process is there and will be a, a good deal more efficient than it has been. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the, actually the deadlines there as you speak. Yeah. Uh, you can review, you can uh, view the scripts from next Tuesday, the sixth of September yeah. at five o'clock. The window yeah. closes now quite quickly on the eighth of September at eight o'clock in the evening. But here's yeah. the thing: you're right; it's all going to be wrapped up in a single day, the uh, Saturday, yeah. the tenth of September. Yeah, that's uh, that, 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 uh, that, that's that's the hope that they, they would have. So the the, the revised results will be issued very, very quickly, I would think, after that. It won't, it won't take too long. It won't take the, the three, four weeks that it, that it used to take. It certainly won't take that length of time. You can also be... Uh, the other thing about this process is I just see mm. the review takes place. You can be upped or downgraded, one or the other. Well, yeah, absolutely, you can, yeah. yeah. So it's always important just to, to have a look and see, well, what was your mark? And if your mark was sitting... Uh, 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 just a half a percent above uh, a, a grade boundary you probably be unless you can see something very significant probably, uh, well advised just to leave it alone yeah uh, so, so it can be wrong it rarely is but it can be yeah um, the, the biggest source of errors uh, for for, uh, for appeals has always been the uh, the adding of marks and, this, uh, uh, and uh, that's largely taken out of the equation by the online marking system mm. Where do you stand on students repeating? How, from your experience, have you found that somebody going back for a second time? Yeah, well, for for some students, uh, it, it, it very much a, an individual basis. Um, that uh, for some students who, who uh, things may have happened during the year, particularly over the last couple of years, and uh, that would have affected their performance, and their they will know themselves, and their their teachers and, and schools will know uh, if they were affected in any sort of way like that. Then it could be a, worth, a worthwhile option. Um, we would we would certainly uh, see it uh, see it very much on a case by case basis to see well uh, is it uh, uh, is it worthwhile or not. Um, there are lots of other routes as well. It's probably the the, the, mm. the thing that people would explore with uh, uh, the expertise that are in, in schools now. With guidance counsellors can can advise on other routes like PLC courses. Uh, that offer offer um, uh, a, a route back into in, into third level just after doing a PLC course. So there are lots of things like that that are, that are now available 
that, that absolutely weren't available until recent years. Mm. Uh, yeah, you have the three streams, the higher education, yeah. university, higher degrees, etc., the further yeah. education and training in the middle, and then the apprenticeships as well, and they're all fine routes to take. Yeah. What about apprenticeships, John? Because, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a cry out for people in those fields, especially here in Ireland. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. And and we we would see uh, certainly our, our guidance department, uh, career guidance department, have have noticed in in in, in the last year or two that, uh, an increased uh, interest by students in the whole apprenticeship route. Um, some of the apprenticeships as well are are, are um, they really would have been they're, they're directly into professions. So you've got a whole range of new apprenticeships as well that uh, that have opened up in, in in recent years and absolutely want to to explore and will undoubtedly become much more popular uh, as the years roll on because uh, what it does is it, it addresses the skills shortages that are there in a range of areas. Mm. And of course there are options abroad. We often hear about students coming by the new time to our colleges and education here which does happen and it's very welcome. But there's also opportunities still open in Europe and the UK yeah. at this moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, it's certainly one of the things that we have seen uh, particularly with uh, among a cohort of students, and quite often our, our, our international students are those those from an international background would would be more open to considering going to to, to other countries to study. Uh, but very much so, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, we, we would see an increase in that, and we have we have a, a, quite a number of students in recent years who have gone all over Europe, in particular, um, not just even to, to, to UK and Northern Ireland, but all, also all over Europe. So it's um, again, it's just a case of there are so many options there now, and it's a very, very positive thing, and an exciting time for for those options for 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 people in their future careers. When you reflect uh, on recent years and the impact the pandemic had on yourselves as teaching staff, the students, schools, colleges, whatever, and and the exams in particular as well, when we had no exams, are we back on track, John? I think we're we're heading towards being back on track, Sherry. Um, uh, we've uh, we've made enormous inroads this year. Uh, schools were 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 very definitely uh, uh, one of those reliable structures that uh, everybody fell back on uh, for exactly that for structure and for uh, uh, for stability. And I think we achieved largely achieved that. And it's, it's very much due to the to, to the uh, to the presence of teachers, but also to the the way our students reacted to it as well. Um, uh, there, there were enormous restrictions, and and uh, uh, they they reacted so well to to actually make sure that school worked for them and worked as well as it possibly could. And uh, as we start back now, uh, I think our, ourselves, like most schools, would be in as normal a situation as you could possibly be. Uh, and routines are back to, to to the way they were, and we uh, hopefully will will stay that way as well. And we expect to be able to do that, or or at the very least, be able to cope with whatever arises. John, the the final point I want to talk to you about is this celebration and celebrating yeah. the uh, the results and students, of course, and they're going to this evening and that. Uh, what have you to say about that to people listening today? I, I, I would certainly say, uh, Jerry, to, to 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 students themselves, and of course, no longer students in a, in a sense, uh, to not forget the families, uh, celebrate with your families as well. Uh, take that you know to the occasion. They've they've supported you. Your parents have supported you along the way. Your brothers and sisters and friends have supported you. Um, just celebrate with them as well. They're they're part of this picture and, and deserve to be part of the celebration. Uh, I think that's that's worthwhile. But also just um, as ever to be as responsible as possible uh, to look after each other. It's very important that we all do that. Um, 
And um, I, I have a lot of faith in students doing this, uh, that, uh, that, that, that they will. We, we, we've seen uh, our students being very responsible in all the events that have uh, taken place over the years. And um, I have no doubt that, uh, and great hopes that that will be the same again. So we really just wish them well. And, and don't, don't forget to celebrate. It is important yes. to say, well, well done. It's, probably, it's, it's a culmination of, of, of second level education. The next step is ready and, and, and they're ready for it. That's it, John. And nice words there to finish today. You're very good. I appreciate your time as always, John. And thanks for joining us again. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's John Halpin there, Principal of St. Oliver's Community College. I'm sure reflecting the thoughts of many principals around the North East as well and this country today. And well done to everybody. And do celebrate and enjoy because it is a time. It's a real significant time in life. Well, with the Leaving Cert students in mind and a man who'll be appearing in this neck of the woods very shortly indeed next year yes let's dedicate this one to all who got the results today it's mr harry styles hello i'm harry no. the best mix on lmfm holding me back gravity's holding me back i want you to hold out the palm of your hand why don't we leave it Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Yes, it's weighty matters and teenagers with the wonderful Joe Brand. I can tell you're quite excited because I'm a lot thinner and prettier in real life, aren't I? (laughs) Don't panic down there. I'm not going to fall off. Um... I was told to wear glittery clothes, right, because this is a bit of a showbiz occasion. And I just caught sight of myself in the mirror and I realised I looked like a fairground ride. So (laughs) I apologise for that. Now, my personal trainer said if I walk around a bit, I'll use up a few calories. (laughs) Fifteen. Now, um, I hope you're thinking, even though I do look like a fairground right, I have made a bit of an effort, sartorially. Can you see? (laughs) Quite a nice arse for a fat bird. (laughs) Now, one question that I get asked all the time, so don't text me with this, is if you could take a pill that would make you thin, would you take it? Of course I bleed and well would. I would like to take a pill that made me six stone. Then I could eat my way back up to ten. (laughs) What a bloody brilliant weekend that would be, wouldn't it? (laughs) You see, I think there's two types of people in the world, right? And it's all to do with how they eat biscuits, right? Because the first type of person makes a cup of tea, gets a plate out... Opens the packet of biscuits, takes one biscuit out, puts it on the plate, and eats it very daintily off the plate. Folds the packet back up, bit of sellotape over the top to keep it fresh for next month. (laughs) Now, those sort of people should be executed, shouldn't they? (laughs) The rest of us get a packet out, eat the hulking lot without taking the cover off, do we, really? consequently end up looking like me because I've always had a weight problem you know when I was a, a teenager I remember going to see the careers mistress and she said what do you want to do I said well I'd like to be a nurse or get married she went better be a nurse then 
you're a teenager, I wasn't frightened of teenage boys, but I'm terrified of them now. They're a scary bunch, aren't they? And, you know, I actually have teenage nephews, and one of them always has a sign on his door saying, keep out, like you're going in there without a flamethrower. <laughs> Lend me my crampons, dear. I'm just popping in to tackle Tissue Mountain. Um, And, of course, the worst thing I think you can do with teenagers is try and kind of get down and speak their language. They hate that, don't they? Which is why I quite like doing it. And I actually found this out to my cost last year, right, because I went around for months going to people, would you look at that minja over there? <laughs> that is a minja and a half, that is, isn't it? And I found out that this was actually wrong. To my cost, outside my local parks, there were two teenage boys. I went, come on, lads, look at that minja. What a blinking minja that is. And they went, oh, for Christ's sake, it's Minga. And that's our mum. So, you know... Yeah, the wonderful Joe Brand. What a brilliant stand-up comedian she is. Louise, I was on the train coming back from Dublin last night. Okay. The express from Dublin to Belfast stopping at Drogheda. <laughs> I felt like jumping off after it got to Kilbarrick. Why? There was a woman on the train right. on the phone for everybody in the carriage. Oh, I hate that. For everybody. So you heard all the conversation. And she went from one conversation to another to another. And I, I'll tell you. Could you hear the other person as well or just her? Yeah, she hit the speaker <laughs> button then and then the other person came in as well. It was a community conversation. She was talking about dinners and she'd be arriving and could they get a takeaway and chips and she wanted mm-hmm. a burger but didn't want this and the burger and somebody else liked chicken. <laughs> Louise, good job I had me headphones with me phone because I put them in and Mr Harry Styles off to full blast that I couldn't hear. I couldn't take it. I would have jumped out of Kilbarrick. Would you not have listened and got an insight into her life and then be grateful or not for your own life? You know. I did listen, to be honest with you, for a while. <laughs> I knew you <laughs> it, was, it was that disinteresting. I said to myself, enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, don't you? One of these people with the there headphones was I, on, yeah. but they're turned off. <laughs> there was I trying to give out about her. And you just <laughs> pulled the rug from under me. As simple as that. Oh, but Louise, seriously. The, you know those people. Come yeah. on. You probably get her. the same takeaway tonight. <laughs> <laughs> give us a break will you give us a break I actually felt like getting up and saying something but of course I didn't I, I know there the are those on. people that roar and shout when, in company oh, when they're on the phone stop it's awful. the lights please have a little bit of decorum coming up after two they ain't been here for a while yes it's women with opinions on your late lunch now it's time for this on late lunch great I love TV we watch TV TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV. Yes. That TV theme, it's a very special week for that TV programme, actually, this week. 
It's on the box years. What is it? What's the TV theme? What is that one? What programme are we talking about? Uh, I want your answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And we'll pick somebody for the uh, lovely gift from late lunch this Friday afternoon before the end of the show. Now, there's two women in the studio here, me, and they're gagging to give the answer. And they do, there'll be more of us. As they say, there'll be more of us. Anyway, they're back, and I'm delighted to welcome them back into studio. We have two spokes of the three-spoke wheel, but it's not so bad. Two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf says. Welcome back, Carmel McCarthy from EMS and Associates, and Betty Clark. It's lovely to see you again. Great to be back. Thank yeah, you very I'm much for joining me. Yeah, and I'm it's delighted. Delighted to, to have you. To see, to see you in the flesh. Now, uh, <laughs> that could have uh, weird connotations, <laughs> but no, it's great. It's great to be back with the, the human contact. Ah, for sure. Yeah. Betty, yeah. it's been a long time. You know, I did the total. Do you know how many days how since you were here last, Betty? 916 days have gone That's by. Yes, oh you God. were last here in studio on the 28th of February. 2020. Now, Carmel wasn't here that day. Kira, yourself, Betty, and Karen Devine was with us on that day. It's a long, long time, oh, isn't it? It's too long. Time. Too long. It stolen from us almost, wasn't it, Jerry? Is that how you feel, yeah, Betty? It's about kind of flash by a couple of years there. You, you kind of forget. Well, you check when you were on holidays or something. You look up, God, it's four or three years ago or mm. so. You know, we really, it was a tough couple of years, I thought. It was very tough on everyone. And, you know, we were all living in a bubble. Yes. And I think people are suffering now coming out of that bubble, mm. suffering very much. I, it, Someone made a comment to me that they said that people had lost their social skills. I think there's an element of that with everyone. I spoke to someone yesterday, yesterday and they said they were even nervous going into a place that they'd be familiar with. Everyone has this bit of social anxiety. So the only thing is... We all have an element of it. So I think that's what everyone has to remember. So if you're feeling a bit wound up about going out or about meeting people, just take that deep breath and go for it. You'll be grand. Everyone is the same. Yeah, I think a lot of people are afraid, though, older people, especially, Jerry. There's people you don't go out anymore down the town or don't, you know, there's an older generation. They just, they've almost forgotten how to. And then there's a fear element of catching the COVID. So there's, it's, it's not fair. Yes, and, and I understand what both you say. I've mentioned here on the, on the show, I got into a very sort of a, a comfort zone at yeah. home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yourself. And you have yeah. to actually lift yourself up and get out of it. And I think that's our message today. You yeah. know what I mean? We, it, it, You know, it's still it's there. Bad, We're not yeah. saying it's gone. Yeah. But look, we, we all got to get up and function again. And you being here with me today is a real sign, I have to say, of changing times. Well, look, we'll throw the ball in. What about, like, today, uh, we've come through the crisis of the COVID. And here we are, Carmel, in another crisis with the Ukraine war. Brexit really kicking in now. And the instability in America and really everywhere you know what can little old Ireland do to cope oh god you know that's the sixth marker because we seem to pivot from one crisis to the next so I think we've got to realise that again it's the shoulder to the wheel all the time like we were thrown into Covid yeah we'll get through this now as I say we've so many other facets coming at us we I suppose we as because it starts with the person 
You have to get secure within your own environment. Now, how you work on that, you literally start planning on that. You have no control over Mr. Putin. You have no Mm -hmm. control over what happens in the States, but you do have control over what happens in your own kitchen or in your own home. So I think that's where it really starts. Rather than sitting, panicking over things, because God knows we can all sit and do that, sit and do your plan. Where do I see myself going and what am I going to do and what's my family going to do? Are we going to be thrown in, you know, to another financial crisis? I don't know, probably to some degree, but God knows, you know, even looking at you, Jerry, and you're looking at me, we've been through a fair amount of those. We all remember the 80s, not so fondly at times. Mm. So look, we will get through it, but it's it's about not panicking and it's about planning and it's about sitting down and saying, well, what have I got to work with? Mm. Because, you know, as I say, we can all go into panic mode. And that's a very good point, Betty. A lot of people have less to work with now, you know, when it comes to Yeah, but I think money. you have to curb your, your how many times you listen to the news, Jerry, and the newspapers reading because it is all doom. You could get very depressed and it get in on you. I I mean, I'm so sick of it all. The cost of living. England have it worse than us. I don't know what's going on. Oh, poor Boris is almost gone. Like, he's just the biggest ego in the world, hasn't he? It's all about him. But, do you know, I, I, I have core back a bit on, on news because it's just every hour on the hour, the cost of living, the Ukraine, you can, it can get in on mm. you. You have to sort of, you have to pull back Remove yourself. You have it. to, Jerry, for your own head. And, and I think Carmel's right there. You, like ourselves, yeah, are of yeah. the same era yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. It's been tough in the past. Yeah. Well, I suppose I, in the 80s, I remember I had a mortgage and my God, I think that it was 18%. It was. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. that's, that's the truth. I mean, mm. shocked. I know the younger generation have had a, sort of it good all along zero was, interest yeah, rates for yeah, years yeah, they have. you know but i think you i think you can pull back curb your curb your spending and it, it, you know, get through it. Mm. You know that there mm. are ways to, to cut back, yeah. and there's no doubt you can let it in, and yeah, and that's yeah, you know you can. just touching yeah, that area on as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's we talk about listening to the news, and that and. As I always say, if I see disasters, what can I do about that? Sometimes all I do is sit down and say a little prayer for them. And that's because then I can say I've no control over it. And that's what we've got to look at, because if you keep getting the bad news in on you all the time, you are passively living in other people's lives rather than actively living in your own. So true. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, Betty, you were in the, the property game yourself for a time. What about all these TDs? Did they just forget oh, that they owned Jerry. a few places, oh, Betty? Jerry, you would be forgetting you'd own so much. Do you know this personal statement? Is it the financials? Sure, there's 20 pages. Anybody could be forgiven to forget <laughs> how many properties you... You know, the, those boys down in Kerry, the, the few brothers involved, they, should, they must... It'd be hard to remember all, all this. I think they've owned. registered everything. I have, have to say, I think they Right. But you see, yeah. the country yeah. folk are much cuter, cuter mm. than the, the yes. townies like yeah. myself. <laughs> but oh, I don't know. It's it's just it goes from top down, doesn't it, Jerry? It's mm. it's it's you're blaming them. With the whole problem really is the lack of social housing. Yes, the, the homeless crisis is terrible in this mm. country, isn't it? Mm. Like it's getting worse. People who are in houses and suddenly the landlords are getting out now because you know they really it's very hard for a landlord. Fifty two percent tax and. 
very hard to get people out now, Jerry. Mm. It's torn full swing from I used to do the rentals that the tenant have everything in their favour. They can just sit pretty, they can, and maybe not pay. You don't often hear that point of view. Oh, I'm telling you, the PRTB is where I, when I, you know, and honestly, they were a waste of space, and that was 15 years ago. You had to, as a landlord, register with them, and you mm. had to pay. But it's all a tax, and it's all Big Brother watching you. And honestly, that's the truth. You feel it. it's, fe- it's skewed in favour of the tenant? At the moment, it is. It is. Mm. It has. They changed the law there a couple of years ago, but maybe five years ago, and they did bring in far tighter regulations and really it's gone the other way now. It'd be very hard to get rid of people mm, now, Jerry, yes. if they're sitting maybe for six months and haven't paid you. Yes, and I've read cases God, about that yeah. as well. And the other thing is, you know, going back to the filling in of the documents, you know, the person who maybe has one property or two are generally diligent and do all that type of thing. There's no excuse for it, is there, Cameron? No, I mean, you have to fi- you have to fill in the forms. I mean, I don't have any problem with any TDs owning property once they fill in every section of that form and like that there is total transparency and this is the whole thing you know someone getting amnesia temporary amnesia you know we may say but like I am sorry I don't I don't I don't swallow that too easily and you know you you just have to say right I I am a, a landlord I've got to suck it up and declare what I have but also too I get uh, uh, Betty's point there where it is in favour of the tenant now and not all tenants are good and that's the problem Is it a bit of Irish begrudgery as well though Jerry? that the people who have maybe a bit more than you and suddenly you know let's get at them I, I you know all right these people are wealthy and you know they have it but they've taken a chance mm. But when you are in government and some with links to policy making and votes on different things and, you know, it comes out that you haven't, you know, gone by the rules or played by the rules. You know, that's where people get really annoyed about this and it really shouldn't happen. You know, it just shouldn't. Particularly because if you have a small landlord there with one or two properties and they have ticked all the boxes Mm. and registered and declared everything, it's very galling then to see that our policy makers and our legislators are given at the fingers, Mm. which is what, basically... The He's comments done. are coming in. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658. The listener wants to know, how can you cut back on nothing? <laughs> That's interesting. You know, well, that, very you know, that few people have say, nothing. Yes, very few you have people to say have that. nothing. Absolutely. So. Yeah, if you have a roof over your head, if you have an income, and I know the bills are going up, and I accept Eat, that as well. Less cans on a Friday night, or less... <laughs> Bags of chips, uh, the chip, or all the the boys that go around delivering. Nobody, people can even get breakfast now, Jerry. With you know, it's unbelievable. Can anybody say just eat? Yeah, I know what just, you're talking you about. Know, yeah, so it's, it's, you know. maybe there are ways of just boiling the kettle yourself and making a sandwich. There are ways of cutting back, and there are ways of heating yourself with another gansey or two. We'll be back in a moment. Betty Clark and Cameron McCarthy are with us today, and they're never short of an opinion. I was talking top of the show to uh, Principal of Saint Oliver's, John. Halpin, Leaving Cert results out today. Can you remember back then, the Leaving Cert, Betty? Can you remember such, your school days? Such pressure. Oh, it's another lifetime ago, Jerry. But so much hangs on it, you think. But then after a few years, God, when you get in and get get onto the next page, I don't write it. It doesn't really. You know, there's such pressure on, on kids at that stage. But I don't know. It's back then, no, you didn't feel that pressure. 
Well, you knew it was important. Mm. You did. Mm. But I think it's gone beyond beyond now. It's really, uh, you know, it's 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 gone to extreme, the pressure. I, did I mean, you know what you wanted to do with your life when you did your leave no, insert? No, definitely not. Do you no. know now? No, no definitely not. <laughs> I still uh, still don't know what I want to do Carmen. when I grow I up. Yeah, when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> but like, when you think back, to, I can remember the day of the leaving search results. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's a long time ago. And the principal, like, uh, called us all in. For some reason, we were actually back at school when we got the results. And you had to open it up and, and now not with the whole class there, but in front of her because she called you out individually and you had to read out what you got. Do you know what it was like a declaration of war? Mm. That's the only way I can <laughs> describe it. And uh, yeah, I can still remember the dread of that. But having said that, you know, yeah, no, I didn't know what I want to do, wanted to do. But at that stage, you only needed two honours to get into college. Mm. Now, mind you, the the uh, when you did your leaving cert, the only oral exam was your Irish exam. So th- if if you couldn't recall stuff on the day uh, in every other subject, you were snookered. There was there was no uh, no different methods of, mm. of assessment. Yes. And and I also think that the bar was very high then because mm. I look back when I was clearing out my parents' house and I found copy books of mine and I went, oh, mother of God, and there were Latin. And I was saying, I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> what yes. it was now. But th- the level was very high mm. then. Mm. And I'm, I'm not telling you how many years ago it was. Well, no, no, it was no, a no, long you, time. You no, know, you can keep that to yourself. Did you celebrate? You know, we were talking as well about, you know, they're going to celebrate tonight and... They'll enjoy, you know, the time. I just, when you say that, it reminds me that you would want to work in the bank or the civil service. That was yes. the whole, that was the, you know, the job for life, wasn't yeah. it, to get that? Yeah. But, so if you got your two honours and you were lucky enough to go on to college, but if not, you'd, you'd have a chance with the bank and you'd have to go and live in Kerry. Do you know, they wouldn't, if you worked in the bank, you couldn't work in the That's same right. town. Yes. So, you you know, you'd be lucky you might get Dublin, but if not, you could be in Cork or, as I say, the civil service was it. You might die of boredom, but you'd be 40 years <laughs> salary. You know, so that's I right. So I don't know about that. No. Born in the civil service. Mm, let me think about that one. I worked in the civil service initially myself. <laughs> so I did. You talk about celebrating. I remember I was going out with uh, uh, my first boyfriend at the time and as my mother used to say, comes from a lovely family. He was a grand lad. He brought me out to dinner that night. I remember the Green Isle Hotel. Oh, come And even my friends were saying, you know, you're posh being brought there. I mean, being brought out. We didn't go out to dinner then, you know. Yes. But he brought me out to dinner. And uh, oh, yeah, so I remember sweet. that bit. Mm, you know, where is he now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Still paying the bill. <laughs> Come here. He did look at his skin. He's installments. I just finished, isn't <laughs> it, for the expense of the bill? She probably doesn't want to meet him either. <laughs> yeah. And talking about men and boyfriends and that, what about Leonardo DiCaprio? I was reading a very interesting article in the, the newspaper yesterday about him and his uh, penchant for young women and he seems to date them up to an age mid-twenties and then he trades in the model Betty is that the way in the world the the last one the one for five years and it's finished and I think there's another one a Ukrainian model on the scene already right so so I don't know now if she speaks any English but I don't think that's necessary for applying for that role (laughs) (laughs) there's a different language sign language probably yeah (laughs) Um, 
But I, oh God, I think, is there a wee bit of Peter Pan syndrome here with him? I don't know. Like, does he, he always seems to have gone for younger women and he can age. But the and I was looking at the history of his girlfriends and he's put a fair few through his hands. And I'm wondering if he's thinking, well, mid-twenties, they might be starting to think that the biological clock is ticking and they might want commitment and settling down and all the rest. And so, you know, Mr DiCaprio doesn't seem to want to settle down. But then does he never get emotionally detached? As well as being a bit of a Peter Pan, is there a narcissist in him? You know, I think he he's a good study for some psychologist. <laughs> I say his ego, Jerry, must be as big as Boris Johnson's. That's all I... You know, so imagine the level of conversation there. I mean, somebody 20 years younger than him, or mm. 25, she says, what would you be asking? What does she take? What kind of ice cream she likes? Or, you know, like a different generation completely. Yes. I hear know. somebody banging there. It's hardly the cat trying to get into the studio and make his point of view. But here's the thing I want to say to you. Is it not a thing about men that it's the dream scenario that Mr DiCaprio lives? You know, that he always has a young woman on his arm. But is that surface is or what, Jerry? Is that like, I mean, what what depth does that tell you about the person? Mm. No, all joking aside, but, you know, mm. I think it is. You see that if he worked in Tesco, or he was a mechanic or he drove a bus. I don't think now that they'd be queuing up in the same. He's a film star. He's rich. Uh, he's good looking. He's, well, he, uh, he was. I don't know. He's gone off a bit. He <laughs> has. He has a bit of a belly on him. Yeah, he's gone kind of. No, your man, what's his name? The gorgeous looking fellow, you know, from from um, ER, George Clooney. He was the same, but he, he went for a little older, older ladies, mm. I was going to say. And then he married a, a woman who obviously is very intelligent mm. and uh, you know, he, he came good. Yes. And Warren Beatty as well, he was a playboy and then he married Annette Benning, I think, was it? So maybe I'd say Leo's heading that direction. He'll settle he, you know, down. He will, yeah. He, okay. yeah when you're thinking this at every man's dream, I know that if you said it to my husband, he'd be saying, someone at that age would be too... There'd be hard be work. Hard going, no, yeah. They'd kill you. Yeah. They'd kill you. <laughs> You'd die happy though, wouldn't you, Jerry? Look, I see the big smile on your face there. Look at that little little boy on your face. I'm blushing here. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you one thing. It'll be another 691 days or whatever I said. 917. Before we're left back in. But, yeah. uh, so you think Carmelie's, he's not, the, the, the creature he was the Wolf of Wall Street do you remember that yeah, film oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah I think he's trying to live that to be yeah. honest with you, you know, there's, there's, mm. there's some lack of connection with reality or else he's a total narcissist <laughs> one or the other you know Maybe his, I, le- his mental yeah. level is only 25 but I doubt that that's now his interest if that age gap isn't it true though like if you're a man of an age and 20 something year old what have you in common well, you, well, you what tell, have you in you common you tell a joke Betty? Jerry and you, they wouldn't get it now no. sure, they'd be, let's be, let's be, be honest, listening to so different types of music go to a disco and he'd want to go to bed. bed. Do you know? Well, so different, <laughs> different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, different, different, uh, different uh, interests, and uh, etc. Comments are coming. Thank you indeed. Women with opinions have probably paid off their mortgages. Therefore, they, they have no real idea of the pressure facing young couples with mortgages, childcare and energy costs. Uh, well, hold on. And how did we pay off our mortgages? Because we paid the blinking mortgage every month, you know, for for sick, last, sick, lorem. You know, 
we still had to come up with it. Mm-hmm. We still, as Betty said, like in the in the 80s, you know, you had 18 percent. We still had to pay the mortgages then. Yes. And like, yes, I have paid off the mortgage, but only recently because mm. we'd moved. But like no one handed it to me for nothing. Yes. And there's yeah, another the one truth. there. We used to pray P.R.A.Y. for people in need. Now we P.R.E.Y. Pray on people in need, says Dermot. It's a bit of a general statement there. And somebody else saying, I hope the government do look after the old age pensioners in the budget with the fuel allowance and uh, more besides. Looking after the OAP is very important. Oh, yeah. And the heat, the heat is a big thing, mm. Jerry, isn't it? You know, yes. like the cooler weather coming now. And that's a big fear with people. Did one of them say there, Jerry, that she doesn't like paying tax? Well, I just can't remember. There's been so much said. Uh, no. I think they should run for government. No, I think you misheard there. Nobody said that. Should we all got to pay it? Certainly in life taxes and debt, as as you know. And that, that is the reality is. of it. But look, it, it is challenging times. I just want to finish off with this again, coming full circle background to it but we will you know we will uh, see this through one way or the other just before we go 25 years since Princess Diana poor Diana and there's been a lot of programmes on lately Meghan Markle has Meghan Markle a view that she might be the modern day Diana. I think so, yeah. There was an article during the week. She gave a big 6,000 word um, interview yeah. and there's a picture of her in the in the dark polar neck, like, just like Diana. The, you know, it was all at the time. She's a master manipulator, Jerry. She really, uh, you know, she has Harry and she has the title and now she'll be in the White House before she's finished. Yeah. I'm telling you. You she, really believe that? that? Well, she, she'll go for it. She will, Jerry. My oh well, my! The question is, will she be a Democrat or a Republican? I see well, she wouldn't yeah. care. It's just the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah, and that seems to be uh, on oh. on on the political front. But uh, we, I remember as well the day Diana died. Yeah. My son Jared was a little lad at the time, coming running up to wake us, and he just said, "I can still hear him saying, Dad, the princess is dead.'" Yeah, and I didn't know that what was he was very talking sad, about. Yeah. It's a day yeah. you remember, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And no matter what way we look at it, there was two young boys lost their mother. Mother, yeah. yeah. In tragic it. circumstances, mm. and like when you when you when you peel it back, irrespective yes. of titles. It is a human story and a human tragedy indeed that those boys have had to live with for years and years. Anyway, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you, but it's great to see you Thanks again. Great. Great we'll to see be you next on. month yeah. and we hopefully yeah. have the third spoke on the wheel <laughs> as well yeah. at that stage. But for the moment, Carmel McCarthy from EMS and Associates and the wonderful Betty Clark. Great to see you. Thank you indeed. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you for having us, Jerry. Now, my next guest is a best-selling author and food blogger. And when I mention the Daily Dish, well, Instagrammers, you know the these people well they're absolutely fantastic but she's been writing recently and uh, talking about motherhood and I want to have a chat with her Gina Daly welcome to Late Lunch Thank you for having me how's it going? It's going really well I'm delighted to have you with us this afternoon well you're you're really fa- philosophical about this and you're talking about the way motherhood you know changes or evolves for you just tell us about your children you have three of them I have, I have three, and I'm at two very different stages of motherhood. I have a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, and I have a nine-month-old baby. So, uh, lovely. <laughs> we, had, we had a bit of it. We had a bit of a break in between. <laughs> yes, and you know, when you have that break, is it difficult getting back into the swing of things? Um, yes and no. I think 
uh, I was 27 having my first baby. I was I was only a baby myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think for me, it was, I had two very quickly. So that I had one and then I had Ben uh, two years later and I had two small ones at home. Mm. I was used to being working in the city centre, you know, having nights out anytime I wanted to all of a sudden going to being at home all the time and Carl was still working in the city we'd moved down the country so I found it quite lonely and um, maybe I don't know uh, that side of things I was a bit you know nobody's around me nobody's to help yes. and I, I almost kind of just wished their little lives away which is terrible to say because mm. uh, you know you're 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 have this lovely stage of a baby and then you're going, oh, can't wait to the crawl and can't wait to the walk and until, you know, I can have a bit of time to myself, which is what I always just <laughs> felt like I, I, I never had. But this time around, obviously, you know, the the, uh, the other two are older um, yeah. and you kind of think, oh, you know, my, my friends would be all around my age, I'm 41 now, oh, you're going back to nappies and you're going back to bottles. But for me, it was almost like starting again, but a fresh a whole it was a it's a whole new experience it's so different this time around for me I found anyway it's just more relaxed I'm more little helpers yeah. and Gene is just the light of our life he's just he, he just slotted in we could I'd say you can take the other two I'll just keep them uh, <laughs> do you know what I'm laughing at here you're saying you can't wait and this is so true for them to crawl to walk the milestones wait until you're waiting for them to come home and you don't know where they are it and, and they say like you know the, the baby stages are the hardest that mm. is when they get older it's, it's oh, harder Gina, Gina I'm not even going to go there just as you say you have to live in the moment with them and enjoy them in the moment but the two older ones are, are a great help as you said to you with the, with the wee lad now you talk about your children though and the older ones uh, about how they are as individuals as persons themselves and you're so proud of them Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think growing up for me, I was very much, I did what my friends did. I wore what my friends wore. We all listened to the same music. And I had, I, I, I never felt I was very individual, mm. um, which I always looked at other people, you know, who might have different colour hair or dress differently. I'd be like, oh, they're so cool. I want to look like that. But I never had the courage myself to do it because I never wanted to stand out. So I never wanted to be, you know, different or anything like that but my kids now I, I found myself almost uh, doing what I did oh no wear this and wear that mm. and my eldest 13, no ma'am no that's not me so I let them walk their own walk they're, they're you know she is I always say I always wish I had Holly's courage and her uniqueness when I was younger because my, my childhood would have been very different she's just so out there she doesn't dress like her friends she doesn't not doesn't want to be like her friends but she just has her own sense of uniqueness and I, I think that's just a really brave and you know it, it's, it's I just think she's amazing mm. and I, I as hard as it was at times to say don't wear those ripped tights or don't wear this or you know I have to let her do it, and yes. that's that's who she is, and and that's that's not for me to say no. You can't do that. So, mm. I'm 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 so proud of her. Yeah, I really am. Do you worry that you know when you mention being different and individual, sometimes they're singled out for that by you know their peers yeah. and that, and, and and it's an awful scenario to face. That doesn't worry you at all. Um, I think that's probably why I was almost 
in that kind of no don't wear that because you don't want anyone to say anything or you don't want anyone to point out, point you out or anything um, but she's like ma'am I don't I don't really care what people think and I've I've tried to carry that then into my own way of living you know yes. I, I oh I don't want to wear that you can see me lumps and bumps or you can see this or you can see that I'm like no I'm comfortable this is who I am and you know, I, I, I'm, I've no fear now, and she's kind of lifted that fear for me. And yeah, I did worry for her, but now I don't because, you know, her friends accept her the way she is. She goes to secondary school now, and that that was a big fear for me because there's so many different new people that she was meeting, and she she has no issues, she's no problems. So, um, yeah, mm. it's it's great. You're very open with them too, aren't they? And they with you, you feel, which is a fantastic mm. uh, thing to have within a family. Absolutely. I think it's very important to be the person that they know if they ever get into trouble when they're older that they can pick up the phone and ring me and no matter how bad it is or how, you know, whatever kind of trouble, if they ever did, please God, they don't, that they never be afraid to contact me. And I think I had to fear God when I was younger because my mother, my mother was had four of us and I, I was a very different stage in her life as well. The, the, the three older ones, two boys, were wild. And I think she went through all of that, you know, the worry and everything else. Yes. And she said, don't do that. You're, I'm going to tell your father when you come home. And I had that, you know, that fear, afraid mm. to say anything or if, if, yes. I, if I did. And I was, a, I was a really good girl and I never did anything wrong. But I always just, I never opened up and I never talked and everything was okay and everything I'm grand. But with my kids, because I knew that fear, I never wanted them to feel like that. So I decided to them, you know, it doesn't matter how big or how small all it is always always talk to us and and we make it our business we cook our dinner we sit down at the table and I can read them I can read them like a book mm. and like there's been times where you know something very simple they'll say no I'm okay ma'am and I'd say no I know you're not just just talk to me it makes you feel better and it makes you you know it makes you trust me more and my reaction to them is always to be calm and to be relaxed even if I want sometimes <laughs> throw the dinner at them because I'm like, why did you do that? But I, I just think it's so important to be, yeah, yeah. To be open. Yeah, good on you, good on you. And I think so many listening today can say, that was me with my mother or whatever, you know, wait till your father gets in here and you're in trouble. <laughs> of course, that was the, the way of the world for sure. But look, at besides family, what's happening with the Daily Dish? Is there something on the horizon, I believe? Um, yeah, we actually, um, believe it or not, have a third book, our third fourth publication in, in three years and um, coming out in October the 6th so that was a really exciting project for us. I, I, I wrote it through my pregnancy um, and I had gestational diabetes so it was a bit it was a bit tough because there was a lot of taste tests and my, my nurse was like your bloods are up <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like I'm writing a book but um, yeah so that's a really exciting time for us. We can't believe it. We're absolutely thrilled. Your genre and what what you work at with, you know, the food and the books, etc. God, Instagram really lends itself, doesn't it, to opening up a whole new world to you people? Absolutely. I think Instagram is a fantastic tool. I never in a million years would have imagined I'd be where I am and it wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be where I am without it. Um, And I think people initially follow you for one particular reason, like we would make kind of, you know, uh, take away, fake away foods mm. on the healthier side, um, and with Instagram, people sharing your recipes. There's so like now it's become 
very family orientated. Lots of families follow him because we obviously have a family and we cook the same meals for them. Yes. People going to the gym, all sorts. So it's it's a really, really um, lovely space and it's a lovely community as well. And what are you going to call the book? Have you a new title or is it number? Are you just giving it a number? Here's the next in the series. Number three. <laughs> number three. <laughs> um, it's called Bold Food Made Good. And um, the bold meaning like audacious, kind of, you know, bold flavours and just, and then with a healthier twist, so lower fats and yes. um, I love the less title. oils and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I love the title, Bold Food Made Good. God almighty, the title alone would make you go in and grab a copy of it. So it's out in October. You'll have to come in to me and have a chat about the book. We'll get a copy and I'd love to to uh, have a longer conversation with you when it does come out. So let's do that in the month of October. I'd love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show and keep doing what you're doing. It's wonderful to hear, you know, about your children and the way you have adjusted as well and a move, a mover and shaker with motherhood, may I call you, as uh, the years go by and circumstances change. I wish you well, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. Talk Not to at you all. Soon. Talk to you soon. Take care now. Bye bye. That's Gina Daly there. Lovely, lovely person. And uh, they've done great. They really have. It's been such a success, uh, the book for them and everything as well online. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. She's going to choke me. I know. She's going to choke me. We were calling her about books and other things, but books especially. She'd be delighted. But I don't think she's going to thank me today. Irene Gahan, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Can I I say? know who let the cat out of the bag. Oh, well, you see, we have little people everywhere who do that type of thing for us. You know, when we heard it was, it's the big five O. It is, Sherry, it is the big five O. I know, it's weird. It's totally weird. And I have to say, I actually think 40s, 50s is the new 40. 50s is the new 40. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you, I'm in that club with you because I like to go wow. back a decade as well. Anyway, it, 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 is a, it is a special birthday for you. Has When you reflect on it and life, has it been a fast 50? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even... Do you know what? I, I'm not great with birthdays, to be honest. And, and I'm kind of... But I do celebrate kind of the decades rather than the individual ones, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very odd. I, I just find that I'm much more... Um, how would I put it? I'm going... I love going... You know myself, me. I love to go travelling solo. Uh, but I'm going to Iceland now for the eighth time and to a literary festival um, in November. And that's my treat to ah. myself. And I'm really looking forward to it because there's some fabulous Irish authors going. But I haven't been to one particular trip in Iceland that I want to do. And every time I've been, the northern lights have eluded me. So I'm hoping that for my 50th, I get to see these northern lights in Iceland. <laughs> Please, God, you will. I've, I've heard others talk about it as a place to visit. It's supposed to be really special. It's my favourite place in the world. It is, and I went on. I like every two years. I mean, COVID was a bit of a it was a bit of a a, a knock. But I, every two years, I go I go solo and I hire a car, big car, stack it up with all supplies, and I go off around the country driving on my own, which is nerve wracking to say the least. But um, there's enough lot to be said for it. It's the most beautiful country in the world mm. after Ireland, of course. <laughs> Ah, well, of course, there's nothing like home. Solo travelling, it is a thing you do, and many people would find that, as you you said yourself, a little bit unerring, perhaps, you know what I mean? But you've got quite used to it now. You're comfortable in your own skin heading off Uh, solo. I totally love it. I think everyone needs that kind of 
headspace or break or just to get away and go, oh, God, there's nobody phoning me. Well, except my mother going, please tell me you're not falling off a volcano or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the mammies. Yes, the mammies do check in. But I have to say, I I love it. I love the, the freedom of it. I love the peace. When I was in Iceland there, the last time I was there, um, last September, I went on my helicopter trip that my parents had bought me four years previous and I never got to go on. I was in Vic and there was so many solo travellers. There was so many female Mm. solo travellers there. Mm. And one of the girls asked me, would I like to go down to the beach? Because we all went down to the beach um, in the evening because it was really nice. Everyone just wandered down with bottles of beer, went down sat on the beach, freezing cold, sat there for an hour, cut up with each other, and then came back and, and everyone went off on their own merry way and it was just so nice and met people from all over the world and it was just so lovely. It's just a nice thing to do. Yeah, we must actually do, do a bit more uh, on that with you again. Anyway, is there a party? There's no party because I'm not a party kind of girl. Oh, right. No, I'm not a party kind of girl. I do suspect those girls in the bookshop. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do too. I Maybe do too. Um, watch so. your step. Watch your step. That's all I'm saying to you. Well, you know what? It's lovely. I mean, mm. I, I, it's a nice thing to be turning fifty. It really is nice. And um, but I have to say, I think that I think a lot of people get this age. My son's in uni. He's grown. He's reared. My husband can look after himself. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said for kind of regaining yourself. In your 40s, never mind your 50s. Ah, well, listen, there's uh, lots of living to be done uh, in the next decades to come. And we just wanted, yes, and loads of books to be read as well. (laughs) Anyway, we just wanted to say hello to you today and wish you the happiest of happy birthdays. And we have something lined up for you here because it is, and I know you love him, Mr. Bon Jovi. And you give love a bad name. Happy birthday, Irene. I'm blaming Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Celebrating its 60th anniversary at this time, University Challenge. That is the theme from the famous show. Paula Hodgins, the prize day and late lunch is yours. Congratulations and thanks to everybody who got that one right. It was a bit more of a challenge for people, sure, today. Now, on late lunch, at this time, it's time to bring the curtain down on a week of this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Barry Manilow, of course, it is this week. And to finish off my week, I've selected a song for you that was recorded by him in 1977, released on his 1978 album, Even Now, and it came out as a single in 78, where it reached number one on the Billboard Adult Contemporary Chart in the States, number three on the Overall Chart. It's one of his most loved songs, and it was also recorded by the Carpenters. But here's the interesting thing. It differed. The lyrics changed between the Carpenters' version in places and Barry Manilow's version but it's been so popular over the years when it's heard it just is synonymous with Manilow rather than anybody else and when I tell you that during live performances Barry Manilow would take a girl out of the audience and sing the song to her and at times 
the duet with him. Here it is. Barry Manilow my favourite Manilow song I have to say lovely one anyway that's uh, it on Barry Manilow and your late lunch for this week we'll have another artist or artist of the week for you starting Monday roundabout this time on the show in the final half hour lots of sport going on this week soccer at home soccer across the water and Gaelic games here coming up next under the watchful eye of our Sunday sports presenter Mr David Sheehan Oh, for the love of highs. Yeah, big day happening there tomorrow. You heard Adrian there. Check it out. They're great people and they'll welcome you warmly. Congratulations to the most wonderful people in Dunshockland. Anne and Liam Lynch. Anne and Liam Lynch, who are celebrating their 60th anniversary at this time. Wish you all the best from your friends, family and the community in Dunshockland. What a milestone that is. Enjoy, folks. Ah, it's a great time for Anne and Liam, isn't it? It really is. And uh, thank you to Angela who sent us in the lovely picture the swallows are gathering on the wires that means they're getting ready to fly back to Africa for sure thanks for sending us in the picture Angela and we will be talking to Niall Hatch from Boardwatch about the migrations out and in of Ireland uh, over the uh, coming couple of weeks now it's time for sport on late lunch and the man who runs his eye over it every week for us is standing by David Sheehan hello again hey Jerry. I'm good. Let's begin with the League of Ireland. Dundalk take on Shelburne tonight. You know, David, I've been at a few games recently. And honestly, David, I'm going to say this to you. I'm not impressed by the standard. Yeah, well, you've been watching it a lot longer than I have, Jerry. I suppose. Um, so you'd be probably better placed to, to judge. Uh, yeah, I suppose that the, the, the disappointing thing really this year is that it looks like Shamrock Rovers is going to win the league mm. reasonably comfortably. Derry, I know Rory Higgins said last weekend he hasn't given a, given up on a chat. I think Stephen O'Donnell was a little bit more accepting of it at this point, given that Shamrock Rovers have two games in hand on um, Dundalk. But um, I think, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing there hasn't been more of a title race. I think the standard, from my own point of view, I've, I've enjoyed most of the games they've done this season covering Drada, obviously. But, but yeah, look, I guess it's a little bit up and down. You'd like Bohemians haven't really offered much this season. Yes. Shelburne are just re-establishing themselves back in the top division. So, yeah, maybe maybe it could stand to be better. But uh, well, as I said, you'd probably be better placed to judge than I would. <laughs> well, look, it's only a general type of comment. I certainly think it was uh, stronger a few years ago and before that. But that's only a general sense. Dundalk, Shelburne, home win. Well, I wouldn't just say that. I mean, they've played three times so far this season. Obviously, we're into the last cycle of matches now, and two of those have been draws at Talca Park, and, and they needed a late winner from John Martin earlier in the season, Dundalk. Uh, they've had a little bit of a bump in the road, obviously a couple of defeats, uh, obviously lost it to Sligo on Monday, a bad defeat down there. So I think I think it'll be a tight one for Dundalk. I think they might just sneak it 1-0, but it's, it's going to be tough enough. Shelburne are, are dogged enough opponents, as we know, and uh, Duffer was saying he, he owes them one from that late, defeat earlier earlier in the season up in Dundalk so I think it'll be tight enough Dundalk should maybe just limp over the line in this one and get the win and hope that they can get onto that second place in the end Drogheda Sligo in Sligo uh, Drogheda followed Dundalk to Sligo Dundalk losing there earlier this week as you said hell of a performance against Rovers again in the Cup picked up a few late injuries to key men 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny you look at the, the Sligo Drado games this season. Um, the best game I've seen probably in, in terms of the eventfulness of it and then worst game as well. There was a nil-nil between the two sides in June and it was without question the worst game I've, I've seen this season covering Drogheda United. There was nothing in it. It was really poor. But then the game down in the showgrounds earlier in the year in April, it was a 3-2 win for Sligo. They were 2-0 up after about three minutes. Drogheda got it back to 2-all and then Sligo got a, a 94th minute winner. So these games uh, have a habit of throwing up uh, extremes, I suppose you could say. But I draw it'll go down there, as you said, a couple of knocks maybe to come back from after the game last week. Um, but they'll go down there with, with plenty of confidence. You'd have to say they should be safe at this stage, but they still want to pick up a few more points and maybe try and push up a few more places in the table. But uh, I give them a good chance of, of, of getting something down there. Sligo are, are in decent enough form at the moment. They've two wins, well, two wins in their last five, so they're a bit up and down. But uh, I certainly would fancy Drogheda to come away from, from there with at least a point and maybe maybe snatch all three. Who knows, they're due a win. Oh, you're a great uh, flag waver for the Drogs, that's for sure. Let's move on to the Premier League and quickly go through the pick of the game tomorrow. And last week we were... Uh, it was a paucity of games to pick. This week, there's some cracking matches. Everton-Liverpool, the Merseyside Derby, tomorrow at half past 12. Liverpool starting to motor. Well, you know, they, they, they had the win against um, they had the win against the lads last weekend. Uh, who was a Bournemouth, sorry, gone in my head there for a moment, 9-0. And they got the, the last-minute winner against Newcastle during the week. But I wouldn't be... If I was a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't be getting too excited just yet. They've been, they haven't looked, they kind of look a shadow of their former selves really so far this season, five games in, and they're already what they're already well short of, of Manchester City in the table. So they need to keep on winning, that's for sure, because you just feel City will. But I, I don't know, Liverpool just don't look to be the same side as they were last year. They don't look to have the same zip about them. No, they brought in a player last or last night on, on loan for Juventus to try and plug a gap in midfield. But I, I think they'll win this more as high derby because. You look at Everton's record so far this season, they've only scored four goals in five games. I think that's where Everton are really going to struggle tomorrow is to find the net. So I think Liverpool will will probably win this game, put more pressure on Frank Lampard. But for their prospects for the season, I'd be a bit worried that Liverpool might step outside of the top four this year, Jerry. You just don't know. And I, I, I think they'll win, as I said, tomorrow. But generally for the rest of the season, I, I don't think they look as good as they have been in recent years and not even near it. The other two I was thinking of, I'm just going to predict them myself. Chelsea, West Ham, draw. Villa, Aston, uh, Aston Villa up against Man City. Away win, banker. I'll leave the last one today in the Premier League <laughs> to you. Manchester United against Arsenal. This is where it all comes crashing back to earth for the Gunners. You're such a pessimist, Jerry. You know, I feel like I have to balance you out here every week, on, on both on Drogheda and on Arsenal. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, five wins in a row for Arsenal, as we know, at the start of the season. They haven't really played anybody of any real substance, as we know. Like, OK, Fulham are a decent side. Uh, they got past them and then they, you know, they dug it out during the week as well. But um, yeah, they, they've... They, they kind of should have had Aston Villa beaten at half-time during the week and they, they managed to, to, to pull it out of the bag at the end when they conceded the softish goal from a corner. But this is, even though United aren't you know aren't the side they were many years ago, we all remember, they're still, they've won three in a row now. They've kind of picked things up a little bit since that really bad start. They're going to be at home. The crowd will be behind them. The crowd seems to have rode in behind Ten Hag and, and the players. And they've, you know, they've made a few kind of big changes. Ronaldo isn't starting. Maguire isn't starting. So they've a settled back line now. So it's going to be a tough one for Arsenal. And I think they will face tougher tests this season, obviously in the likes of Manchester City and, and that. But this is a, the first really big test they've had this season. I think everybody will be watching to see what Arsenal do here. Uh, and yeah, it's it, as you said there, I, I'd be a little bit 
fearful too. But I think they have shown more so far this season in terms of the resolve and the grid. And I'd fancy Arsenal to get at least a point there. And if they could get all three, then it'd be great. But Manchester United definitely have shown a bit more resolve in recent weeks. They look a, bit, a little bit more settled, a little bit more confident. Mm. So it should, be, it should be a really good game. And I'm going to sit on the fence again and say a draw. And take your arm off for a point. Anyway, quickly <laughs> to GAA and back home. Loud first, uh, the Senior Football Championship game on Sunday. Matic Rangers against the Brides. It's do or die dog here. They both have no points. Winner takes all. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a repeat of the 2002 final, which Maddox Rangers won, played at the same venue as well, incidentally. Um, that's going to be one of our live games on Sunday. I think you look at the, the table so far, the Maddox got well beaten by the Geraldines. The Brides, it was a bit closer between those two sides. So purely based on that, I'm, I'm going to give a nod to the Brides. But it, it's going to be tight enough, I'd imagine, and you wouldn't be surprised if either came, t- side came through that one. I'm just going to give a, a hesitant nod to the Brides on that one. You're at the game between Screen and St. Column Kills, and it's the only mm. group in the Mead Senior Football Championship that's not yet decided. Yeah, it's quite a, it's quite extraordinary, really, because um, Wolf Tones have, have won their first two games out of two, but they're still not guaranteed qualification through, through to the knockout stages, because if they were to lose to uh, Central Town on Sunday and Screen were to beat St. Column Kills, there'd be three teams and four points, so it'd be down to scoring difference. But you'd have to fancy Wolf Tones in the other game to get the better of Central Town. They seem to be moving well. I saw them the last day, Wolf Tones. And then, yeah, Screen and St. Column Kills, and Column Kills, absolutely have to win to have any chance of squeaking through to the knockout stages and even then it looks unlikely they're they're minus 12 on scoring difference in the moment so they need a bit of a miracle um screen you'd have to fancy them to, to get the win against St. column kills they ha- they do need to get it to guarantee their place in the, in the quarterfinals but um yeah it's going to be a really interesting one uh, i'm out there myself in Stubble and i fancy screen to get the win but jerry we've seen it before the uh, the championship can throw up some extraordinary results and some extraordinary turnarounds so we saw it last week in the hurling so yeah i think screen to get the win there and the wolf tones come through in that group as well but it's it's going to be interesting I'm looking forward to it So just a final word in Loud St Mary's um, and Nave Martin and the Newtown Blues look to be the forerunners uh, looking at the groups in that as well what about Mead who are the top two do you think looking at the groups Oh um, well looking at the groups I actually have it in front of me here but Wolf Tones uh, certainly are you know if they win their, their game on the weekend they'll be you know three from three going into the knockout stage at Summerhill always there or thereabouts. You've got a couple of high-profile casualties with the likes of Dunboyne going out, Dunham or Ashburn. But I think you're going to be looking at Wolf Tones. You're going to be looking at Ratote, for sure, who look really strong again. And I think uh, Trim could be dark horses this year. I saw them against Navin O'Mahony's. Now, O'Mahony's are in disarray, as we know. But I was really impressed with Trim. They've had a good couple of years. They won the Intermediate. They got to that All-Ireland Club final as well. So they're, they're a club on the up, and the players are really flying, and Kevin Riley has them, has them going really well. So I think... I'm going to go for a tote to 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 take the honours, but I think mm. Trim could be. Uh, if you're looking for a value punt, Trim could be a uh, could be a decent uh, outside bet. I think they could be dark horse. But yeah, I think it's going to be. You're looking. You're looking at the likes of at the likes of a tote twelve tones. Maybe Gail Colin Kill to sneak in there, but I think a tote. Uh, look at this point in time to be the strongest but we'll see we'll replay this in a few weeks and we'll uh, see where the land lies David thank you so much thanks Take care. bye 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 that's David Sheehan there looking ahead to the weekend in sport and that is our lot on late lunch for another week and the uh, early week in September thanks to all our guests who joined us every day on the show we appreciate the guests contribution to late lunch always thank you our listeners for being with us along the way every day and a big thank you to my producer Louise Walsh couldn't do this without her thanks a million Louise and uh 
Anyway, that's it for the week. We'll be back, please God, on Monday, 1.30, with a brand new week of the show. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice weekend, despite the weather, and do come back and join us 1.30 Monday. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.